ask you this morning, is it well with your soul? You know, the storms come, don't they? The problems come. But if we will keep our eyes on Jesus Christ, it can be well with our soul. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you this morning for your love for each and every one of us. You know us, Heavenly Father. You know us. You know the storms, the struggles, the problems that we face in life. Sometimes they come and they just about blow us over, bowl us over, knock us off our feet. Lord, in those times, remind us to keep our eyes on Jesus, to keep our eyes on you, to trust you. Minister here to our heart this morning. We just pray this morning for this church family. We know some are still traveling from Thanksgiving break. We just pray for safety and protection over them. We know some are struggling with health issues. We just pray, Heavenly Father, that they would sense your presence there with them. And you know the needs of the church, the need for a, a full-time pastor, the need for the sale of the parsonage, the need for us as a church to be a light and a witness in this community. Heavenly Father, these don't surprise you. You know. And so we just entrust them to you, asking that you would provide the right person to pastor this church, that you would provide for the sale of the parsonage. You know the things that have been holding it up. Lord, we pray that you would step in and resolve these issues. More importantly this morning, we ask that you would just come and minister here to our hearts as we share together around your word, as we share together in communion. Lord, do your work here in our hearts and in our lives, and may we in all things honor and glorify and exalt you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you, worship team. Good morning, everybody. Good to see everybody this morning. There's no snow yet, so we'll take it. Uh, I just wanted to welcome you and bring a few announcements for you. Uh, just some, some things coming up. There are still a few more of the flyers out there if, uh, if anybody needs to grab one. Uh, you can imagine December has a few more things going on that we'd wanna at least put them in front of you. Uh, starting with next Saturday is our men's breakfast. That's going to be at 9 a.m. here. Food is provided. And uh, I know there's going to be a little bit of work uh, Christmas decoration-wise. Um, we've at least started. <laughs> but uh, Advent begins next week, so we'll, uh, we'll be looking forward to that on messages focusing on uh, hope, love, peace, and joy. Did I get those four right? I think so. 
maybe not in that order, but um, but uh, that almost sounds like the fruit of the Spirit, right? Uh, and then coming up on the 9th, which is a Saturday, uh, over at the fire station, uh, they're doing the community tree lighting. And uh, if anybody would like to volunteer to help set up, we're kind of one of the community partners for that. We'll just see uh, Nate and he'll... Uh, He'll point you in the right direction. You might be serving hot dogs or something fun like that. So, uh, but thank you for that. And uh, on the 19th, Sunday the 19th, or no, the Sunday the 17th, it's the 17th right in front of me, is our uh, ornament exchange and a luncheon. The church is going to provide sandwiches, and we'll just ask you to bring a dessert or something delicious to, uh, to share. That'll probably be the same last day that we'll collect uh, new unwrapped toys for the Christmas Bureau. Uh, so any time between now and then, if you'd like to bring a new unwrapped toy, feel free to just come and put it under the tree before church or after church or in the middle of church, I don't know, uh, whenever, right? Maybe it'll just go with, with whatever's going on. But, but we thank you for that. We collected for Operation Christmas Child um, for toys and, and boxes and packages that go overseas. And I know the area... Uh, the North Country did over 11,000 boxes that got sent out. So uh, the few that we that we provide, you know, everybody brings what they can and, and put together, and it all comes together in the end. But now that that's passed, like I said, we're doing uh, uh, toys for, for local kids. So we encourage you to participate with that. And uh, Christmas Eve, we'll have that. Christmas Eve is on a Sunday, so we'll do our regular 10 a.m. worship service. Uh, 5 p.m. Christmas Eve service, and then Christmas morning, which is a Monday, we'll just encourage you to celebrate at home, so we won't have a service that morning. Um, and then I think that's all of the announcements, other than, you know, we always thank you for your tithes and offerings um, to support the church and the ministries that, that we participate in here, so thank you for that. If you'd like to give, you can give online. Instructions are up there, or we have boxes by the by the entry by the doors. Um, I believe Lorraine is going to bring our scripture, and then Judy is going to bring our message. Okay, the scripture is Luke 22, 31 through 34. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail, and when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. But he replied, Lord, I am ready to go with you to prison and to death. Jesus answered, I tell you, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you will deny three times that you know me. We will get to John 21, but, but not quite yet. <laughs> so God is good, isn't he? God is good. I've recently shared with my son 
about an incident that happened many, many years ago when my grandmother was alive. And that, that was many years ago. She died the same year that Brandon was born, 1996. But I shared with him that one day, Grandma and I decided to go for a walk through the woods. They had over 100 acres of land, a lot of wood roads because they burned firewood and they used the roads to get out the firewood. And we went for a walk and we never did figure out what happened. But when we came out, we came out on a road. But it wasn't our road. We were looking at a house, but it wasn't our house. And we stood there scratching our heads and saying, what happened here? How did we end up here? It took us a few moments to get our bearings, but finally my grandmother realized where we were. We were around the corner from our house and we were looking at what used to be her parents' house. It's easy to get turned around sometimes, isn't it? I remember when I went to Houghton College, I went down through the mountains and down across, and somehow I made a wrong turn, and all of a sudden there was a lot of armed guards there. I, I turned and made the mistake of trying to get on an air base. It doesn't take much to lose our bearings, does it? It doesn't take much to get messed up, to lose our way. What's more serious than losing our way physically is losing our way spiritually. That can be a lot more serious, a lot more dangerous. What causes these, these mess-ups? A distraction. Doesn't take much, does it? Somebody talking to us. It doesn't take much to lose our way. And sometimes it doesn't take much to lose our way spiritually either. The passage of scripture that Lorraine read for us is one that has really spoken to my heart this week. This passage comes out of a bigger context of Jesus and his disciples celebrating the Passover supper together. It was an annual feast an annual time of remembrance, of celebration. But Jesus knew that this was going to be the last time that he and his disciples celebrated this feast together. He knew that just a short time from that moment, he was going to be arrested, unfairly tried, and put to death on the cross. And that upper room, if we look at John's account, Jesus took the time to wash the feet of his disciples and to tell them, as I have loved you, love one another. It's here in that upper room that Jesus instituted what we have come to know as the Last Supper or the Lord's Supper. But it was in the midst of that celebration that Jesus acknowledged what was about to happen he knew he was going to be put to death, but he also knew that two of his disciples were headed down a very wrong path. He knew that Judas was about to betray him for 30 pieces of silver, 30 measly pieces of silver. He knew that that was about to take place. 
but he also knew that Peter, in a moment of despair, would deny him three times, would deny that he ever knew him. And it's in the midst of that setting we find the words that Lorraine read to us. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. Not only did Jesus predict that Peter would deny him three times, but he also assured Peter that he'd already prayed for him. He knew what his disciples were facing. He knew what Peter would be facing. He knew that Satan wanted to get a hold of Peter's heart and distract him to the point of total destruction. He knew, but he told Peter, you know what, even though Satan has asked to sift you as we, I've already prayed for you. I've already prayed for you. And what did he pray for Peter? He prayed for Peter that his faith would not fail. I love this thought. There are times when we go through some of the toughest times, through some of the toughest seasons in life. And isn't it good to know we have people who love us and care for us, who are praying for us? But isn't it also a comfort to know that we have a Savior who loves us enough to pray for us and to intercede for us? Jesus is saying to Peter here, I know what's about to happen, but I've already prayed for you. But I've prayed especially that regardless of what happens, that your faith will not fail, that you will not be lost forever. And he also gave him a challenge. And when you have turned back, when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. What a picture we have here. Jesus knew what was about to happen to Peter. He knew what Peter was about to do. But he says, I've prayed for you. I've prayed that your faith won't fail. But I have also prayed that when you come back, and he knew Peter would come back, he prayed that he would be able to strengthen his brothers, that he would be able to strengthen those who had walked with him, that he would be able to help the, his fellow disciples, that he would be able to help other believers. Now, isn't this a picture of hope? Isn't this a picture of hope when you have turned back? You know, I don't know about you. I've had some people over the years that have given up on me. Maybe you have too. Maybe you've had people in your life that you've got discouraged with and given up on. Can I tell you something this morning? I appreciate the worship team and I appreciate these songs. He never gives up on us. He never gives up on us. No matter how far we wander, no matter how lost we get, no matter how far we walk away, he never gives up on us. That's powerful, isn't it? He loves you. If you get nothing else this morning, remember this. He loves you. He is praying for you. He will never give up on you. Jesus predicted Peter's return and renewal. We also see that when he came back, Jesus still had work for him to do to strengthen his brothers. I want us to skip ahead to John chapter 21. 
And we're not going to look at the first part of that passage of Scripture. You can do that on your own. But we do see that the disciples have decided to go fishing. Some of them were fishermen. They found pleasure in fishing, but some of them were still struggling with hopeless despair. But it was on that seashore that Jesus met them. But it was also on that seashore that Jesus had a special encounter just for Peter, just for Peter. He had denied three times that he had known Jesus. He had gone out and wept bitterly. And I'll tell you, when it says he wept bitterly, his heart was in total despair. His soul was in total despair. He couldn't believe that he had done what he said he couldn't do. Jesus had been crucified, had been raised from the dead, and Jesus meets them on that shore of Galilee. John 21, verses 15 through 19, when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. I tell you the truth, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. Jesus and Peter, after they'd had breakfast on that shore, Jesus kind of took Peter aside. They went for a walk along the shore. And I'm going to tell you, Peter must have been excited to see Jesus, to see the resurrected Jesus. He must have been excited. But this must have also been that moment that he dreaded, where he would be alone with his master, where he would be alone with the Lord, where he would have to face what he had done. He had said, I will not disown you. I will never disown you. I will go to prison and to death for you. But when push came to shove, he denied Jesus. Not just once, not just twice, but three times. One time would have been bad enough. But three times he denied knowing Jesus. And as they gathered there on that seashore, all of this comes flooding back to him. All of this comes flooding back. He had said he would never deny his master, and yet he had three times. He had blown it. He had not just wandered off course. He had blown it. He had blown it big time. But Jesus loved Peter, didn't he? I love this picture. I love this passage of scripture. Because no matter how bad Peter had blown it, Jesus took the time to reach out to Peter to help Peter to find restoration. He didn't rebuke Peter. He just questioned him. Peter, son of, son of, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And I want to say something here that I don't want to get too much into the Greek, but there are a number of Greek words for love. We have one word for love, 
I love my husband. I love my son. When I had cats, I love my cat. I love pizza. We love a lot of different things. We have one word to express that. The Greek had a number of Greek words for love. Eros, which is the sexual love of a marriage relationship. Phileo or philia, which is a brotherly type of love. We think of the city of Philadelphia, city of brotherly love. That's where it comes from. There's also storge, which is the empathy, empathetic kind of love where you feel for others. But then there's the one word that Jesus used here, and that was agape. Agape love, which is shown most clearly to us through Jesus Christ, through God sending his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross. And this is the word that Jesus used, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Do you agape me? Do you love me above everything else? Peter replied, yes, you know I love you. The second time, but Peter, when he responded, he didn't use that word agape. He used the word phileo or philia. I love you as a friend. I love you as a brother. Second time, the same thing. The third time, when Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? He stooped to Peter's level and he said, do you love me as a friend? Do you phileo me? Do you love me as a friend? And Peter was hurt, wasn't he? And I don't know whether he was hurt because he was asked three times by Jesus if you love me or if he was hurt because Jesus stooped down to his level. But each one of those times Jesus responded, feed my sheep, feed my lambs. I have work for you to do. Reminds me again of the verses that Lorraine read. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. Jesus still had work for Peter to do. He hadn't give up hope on Peter, had he? And I'm going to say something this morning here. No matter what we do, no matter how far we mess up, no matter the sins we commit, he still loves us. He still loves us and wants us to find healing and restoration. Jesus still had work for Peter to do. And you know what? It wasn't fishing. That was in the past. Jesus wanted Peter to take care of the sheep, to feed his lambs, to fish for men. Peter was not yet of rock-solid character. He had a long ways to go and a lot of growing to do. He needed to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and that would come at Pentecost. But right now, the focus was on restoration. He needed to be restored so that he could reach the potential Jesus saw for him. And then Jesus went on to talk about how Peter would die. He would be led where he didn't want to go. He would be led. But Jesus renewed the call. Follow me. Follow me. As we move on, we see that as they're walking along the shore, Peter looked back. And who did he see? He saw John coming up behind them. 
And Peter turned to Jesus, what about him? What about him? And Jesus' reply, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. What a thought here. Jesus has already reminded him, you need to follow me. Peter starts looking back. He starts looking back and he sees John. Well, what about him? Are we any different? When God tells us to do something, don't we easily get distracted by, oh, what's John doing? Oh, where's Mary going? What's God got Mary doing? You know what? We need to love and support one another. But we can become so distracted that we lose sight of what God has for us and what he wants us to do. It's easy to lose our focus when we turn our attention from Jesus to other believers or the things going on in the world. It's easy to lose our focus by getting caught up in life's problems and and storms. It's easy to lose our focus. But what is Jesus' words to Peter? You follow me. You follow me. Remember when Peter started walking to Jesus on the water? He was going good till he started looking at the wind and the waves and seeing what was going on. We do the same, don't we? We need to keep our eyes. I appreciated that song. We need to keep our eyes and we need to keep our focus on Jesus. Jesus warns Peter, don't worry about anybody or anything else. Just follow me. You follow me. Our responsibility is to make sure that we are where we need to be spiritually. Our responsibility is to keep our eyes on Jesus Christ, to keep our focus on him. Our responsibility is to follow him and do his will and his work, regardless of what anybody else is doing. Morning, let me remind you, Jesus loved Peter too much to let him go. He loved Peter too much to let him go. He took time to minister to him and to help him to reaffirm his love for Jesus and his commitment to him. Because of that, Peter went on to become an important and a great leader in the early church. But it wouldn't have happened if Jesus hadn't have taken the time to help Peter face his failure face his past, find forgiveness, find restoration, and move forward. He needed to recommit himself to Jesus' call on his life. He needed to stop fishing for fish and fishing for men. He needed to focus on what? On following Jesus. You know, a few weeks ago, Pastor Franklin started us off with that portion of scripture where the disciples were called to follow Jesus. Isn't this what we come back to here? The most important thing that Peter had to learn was to follow Jesus. And when he messed up, he could come back. It's a challenge for us as well, too, and I'm going to ask the worship team to come back to the platform. As we prepare our hearts for communion, we need to come to that point 
where we let God search our heart, where we let God do in us what he needs to do. Maybe some of us have left, lost our focus. Maybe some of us have failed. Maybe some of us have wandered astray. As we come back here today, as we share here, not just in the message, but in communion, we are reminded you can come back. There's forgiveness. There's healing. There's restoration at the foot of the cross. No matter how far you've gone, no matter how far you've wandered, Jesus says to you today, I've prayed for you. I'm praying for you. I'm praying that your faith will hold strong. I'm praying that you will continue to do the work I've called you to do. Come on back and let's go forward together. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word, for what you teach us. Heavenly Father, you know us this morning. You know our hearts. Some of us are like Peter. But all of us here, whether we've done some of the things that Peter did, or whether they've just been minor slips, we all stand in need of your love and of your grace. Heavenly Father, as we pause to share in communion together, if there is something that we need to make right with you before we do, remind us this place at the foot of the cross to lay our sins down. There's a place at the foot of the cross where we can find healing and restoration. Come and minister here to our hearts. Be with us in these moments. And we thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Elements here. And I've asked Jim to help us. I know some may have a difficult time getting up here and getting the communion elements and he's going to make sure, raise your hand and he'll make sure you get those. He'll make sure the worship team gets those. So feel free to come and take a cup. If you peel off the top layer, you'll find the wafer inside. If you peel up the next layer, you'll find the juice. And when you take, take it and get back to your seats, I would encourage you to take a moment to start trying to get in here. Some of them are easier to get into than others, but this way we'll be ready when the time comes. But we encourage you to come. If your hearts are right with God, or if you want, have something that you need to get straightened out with him, we encourage you to use this as a time to let God work in your hearts and lives and to reaffirm your love and your commitment to him. We thank you for that. Feel free to come forward. Thank you, worship team. Thank you. You may be seated. In that upper room, Jesus took the bread and he broke it and he gave it to his disciples saying, this is my body. Take it and eat. Every time you eat this, do this in remembrance of me and my body that was broken for you. Let us eat together. Jesus 
Jesus also took the cup and he gave it to his disciples and he said take drink this is my blood that was shed for you and we know from Hebrews that it says without the shedding of blood there is no forgiveness of sins but Jesus shed his blood his very own blood so that our sins can be forgiven let us drink together celebrating the forgiveness of our sins let us pray Heavenly Father today we thank you for Jesus Christ we thank you for your love for us that you loved us so much that you gave your one and only son to die on that cross for us we thank you that Jesus loved us so much that he willingly let his body be broken and his blood shed so that our sins could be forgiven thank you for the forgiveness and the healing that you bring to each one of us and today help us to go forth rejoicing rejoicing in what you have done for us and if there is someone here who needs to make something right with you lord may today be the day now be with us as we go forth from here help us to go forth rejoicing in your love and in your grace and may our lives be a radiant testimony to those around us of all you have done for us in jesus name we pray amen amen god bless each one of you